Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. Today on 30 Minutes, we begin part one of a two-part conversation. In honor of Black History Month and Women's History Month, KXCI Community Advisory Board President Veronica Phillips sat down with Rhonda Massengale and Salisa Johnson of Posse Styling Emporium and Deanna Grissett of Male Virus Hair Studio. Hi everyone, my name is Veronica Phillips and I have the honor and the pleasure to be speaking with Rhonda Massengale, Salisa Johnson, and Deanna Grissett. Um, we're going to be celebrating African American hair care. And what I wanted to do to first off to start off as an introduction is to find out your name, how long you've lived in Tucson, your hairstyling specialty, as well as your um, favorite spot in Tucson and your favorite kind of music. Okay, I'm Deanna Grissett and um, my hair care specialty is natural hair and you said my favorite music mm -hmm. and my favorite music is R&B and soul and your favorite spot in Tucson and my favorite spot would have to be CD's Jamaican restaurant <laughs> very good Rhonda my name is Rhonda Massengale I've lived in Tucson all my life majority of my life and what's your hairstyling specialty um, the hair care, the care of hair. Any type of like straighteners, relaxers? Oh, I do everything. Okay, cool. And then do you have a favorite spot in Tucson? Famous Dave's. Ooh, nice. And then favorite kind of music? R&B and soul. Excellent. That's Salisa. My name is Salisa Johnson. I'm a native of New Jersey. However, I've been in Tucson over 15 years. I would say my specialty is color. I like to play with color. And my favorite spot, I like to hang out downtown. And my favorite music would have to be reggae music. Nice, very sweet. Okay, so this is an opportunity for people to get to know you as people. So now we want to get to know you as professionals. So um, starting with you, Salisa, how did you get started with your styling career? Um, I knew at an early age this is what I wanted to do. However, I tried the college thing and I found out that was not for me. I was doing it for my family. So once I got bold enough to <laughs> enroll in beauty school, I took off like a light and I knew this is my niche, my calling. Nice. I like that. What about you, Deanna? I've just always been doing hair for as long as I can remember. How I found out is what I wanted to do. It was just kind of by accident because I had to learn how to do my own hair and then everybody started asking from that and that's just kind of what I ended up doing. Wow. And Rhonda, what about you? Um, you I started, started off braiding and then I went to nursing school or well, receptionist. I didn't want to sit down. <laughs> I like to move around. Then I had three girls and I did their hair, so I said, let's go get paid. And that's how I ended up. Love it. Rhonda, do you remember your first client and how did they choose you? My first client was uh, given to me. Chandra. Mm -hmm. She's still with me. Wow. How long ago was that? 15 years. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, what is her styling preferences? Relaxers, braids, um, relaxers, braids. And, <laughs> and then relaxers and braids. Yeah. <laughs> Curl. And Deanna, what about you? I do not remember my first client. There's been so many. I can remember my first few couple of clients. Um, but it was before I was an actual professional. Um, 
most of them were guys with dreads back home in Conway, South Carolina. And um, people that I went to school with were my first clients. And Did they pay you? Yes, they paid. Okay. <laughs> that made you a professional right there. Okay. And what about you, Salisa? Do you remember your first client? I do. Church? I do. Uh, my first client actually followed me from beauty school when I got my license and started at Posse's. And um, same as Rhonda, she stole my client. And she gets a lot of color. We play around with color a lot. And she stole my client, and that, that impresses me. It makes me feel good. And how many years has that been? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I would say 12 years. 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So in your professional experience, what has changed the most in your industry? What have you noticed, the, the difference? I mean, you guys have all been in hair care for at least a decade. So what, what differences? So Lisa, what have you noticed? Um, from my perspective, I would say um, the trends are different. A lot of old trends are reincarnating themselves under new names, but pretty much the same trends. Such and as? Such as waves. Instead of finger waves, they're now freezes. But um, So is it the same name, a different name, but same technique? It's a similar technique, but you get the same results pretty much. You get the same results. And also, I have noticed that education is evolving, which is very good for the three of us being professional stylists. So in what way has education been evolving? Like, are you offered more classes? Are the classes better? Are the instructors better? I would say all of the above. Um, being in Tucson, a lot of education does not come here. But we are noticing that there are more and more classes being offered to us. And we're also noticing that there's more educators that want to come here and enlighten us with the newest trends and newest fashions. And Rhonda, why do you think educators want to come and now teach like this before? Because you've been here literally all your life. So what differences, like, why do you think educators are, you know, stylists are, we want to teach you? What's the difference? I can speak as far as black educators because mm -hmm. they've always had other races but now it's more black people here mm -hmm. and there's more shops you know more stylists so they they sell more they also do product retail mm -hmm. so that's drawing them once they bring a the product product and education sometimes go ahead and have so if someone has a new product they'll come out here to launch it or to present it is that what you're saying yes and you know retail it to us uh, not distributed to us. And that's been increasing over the years? You oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? Have you noticed any trends or differences in the industry? To me, the difference is um, that natural hair is not voodoo anymore. So before, <laughs> when my mom was going to the beauty parlor and everybody was coming out with straight hair and pressed hair, now people are not afraid to wear their coily or kinky hair, as well as there's a trend in the uh, cultures of hairstylists that are working on people for instance um, a Latina girl doing black people hair um, and where I work at you know I'm the only black person but because I'm there there's more um, more Caucasian hairstylists that are willing to do black clients and it makes them more comfortable and there's you know white girls wearing tracks and stuff now so that has definitely changed with as far as I remember how hairstyles used to be. Uh, excellent points. So as African American women in a predominantly Anglo city with black consisting of approximately, you ready, 3.46% just in this zip code. 
So what do you find the most challenging? Because that's, in this zip code alone, and where we're talking, it's 3.46 uh, percentage of blacks. So like, what do you find the most challenging? Do you find it challenging bringing people in to your salons? Do you find it um, difficult, easier? Rhonda, what do you think? Um, here, I think it's easier doing everybody. Multi-ethnic? Mm -hmm. Very open, mm -hmm. yeah. Our particular salon, um, we get multicultural, but I think they're more veered away like we do just our hair. Okay. But we do it all. Gotcha. We get the, when I went to school here, I got the advantage of learning other hair, and a lot of, a lot of black women that went to school didn't like it because they wanted to learn our hair, but I felt I already knew our hair, because mm -hmm. it's not much you have to really know if you grew up with it, mm -hmm. but I got the advantage of learning other hair, and that was nice because I didn't know it. Interesting. You guys are teaching me a lot. Thank you. And what about yourself? Do you find it challenging that in this zip code it's only 3.46% of blacks? I don't find it challenging. <clears throat> I just find that it's challenging to have them return to you. Okay. So once you establish a good client stylist relationship, that's where the trickery comes in, especially if the client is an out-of-stater. A lot of people come from their town and they're used to their way. Mm -hmm. When they come here, I think being that we're in Tucson, Arizona, they feel we don't know how to do hair. Okay, so if we were in Georgia, or South Carolina, North Carolina, we'd be all, we'd be accepted? I think so, but to a degree, um, for example, a lot of people come and they'll say, well, I'm from New York, and it's like, okay, well, I'm from New Jersey, and you and I live in Tucson, Arizona, so would you like your hair serviced or not? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot of barriers people have to let go that even though we're in Tucson and the percentage ratio is so low for our ethnic group, we are professionals and we know what we're doing. So there are challenges, but I think the three of us with our personalities and professionalism, we have overcome those challenges, so. <laughs> well said. What about you, since you mentioned earlier you're the only black in, in the area that you're um, servicing uh, black hair care. Do you find that challenging? Um, no, I don't find it challenging because I had such a great start at Posse's that a lot of my clients followed me. I would say that most of my challenges came when I was a new stylist to Tucson um, because it's not predominantly black here. I had to go out and find clients and um, once I started learning to utilize social media and the internet, that became a lot easier. Um, yeah, that is the only challenge that I would say that I had. So it's finding the clients, mm -hmm. and for who who's um, are look or who have natural hair. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. So, is there a difference? I've been wanting to ask you guys this for a long time between men and women of color regarding how their hair, hair appears to themselves or society. Can you repeat that question? Mm -hmm. So, is there a difference between men and women of color, and how they want themselves to be presented? In society, like, do do you see a difference in gender, gender-wise, with men and women of color about how they want their hair done? Are they more particular? Are they more like, you know, are men like, oh, whatever, and women are like, no, you have to do this, and you have to color just so? Is there a difference? Yeah. I would say, um, for me, I do a lot of locks. Like, seventy-five percent of my clients are locks, 
and my men are way more particular about how they want their locks done i want six braids no you did seven last time and my women don't give me too much of an issue but i find that with my men um, I'm taking styles down and putting them back up to kind of cater to them because they don't want it to look too feminine and That's my that's the only challenges I see and with women I don't really have too many issues with women every I'd say one out of 20 or 30 women give me a an issue But I think it's more their personal how they feel about themselves and them using that to challenge me um but I think if you stand with confidence, then you can kind of shut that down before it even gets started because you can hear it on the phone when they call. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's the only differences that I see. Men are more particular about their lineups and the way they want their dread style. But women pretty much been in the hair salon their whole life. They know you can uh, get what you need depending on which stylist you're working with. So they kind of are already um, molded to the culture of hair salons. So. I like the way you put that. Rhonda, have you noticed a difference with men and women as far as how they like their styles or how they feel about um, their styles? I feel the same as Deanna. I don't do a lot of men. I used to braid more, but you know, they want them braided a certain way or if they have a curl or um, women are a little easier because they know what they want. And as long as you get what they want or close to it, it's easier to satisfy. So let me repeat back what I think you're saying, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. So men don't really know, they just know they got to make the appointment, and they don't exactly know what it's going to be until they're actually in your chair. But yeah, women already they have know like kind of what they want, mm -hmm. but not to an exact, they'll say, oh, I want zigzags, but they're not saying, I want it this way, that way. A woman's gonna tell you I like my part on the right side. No, I bring pictures. I want it smoothed around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a picture. I bring you know, a picture. Yeah. A man, is, a man's not gonna do that. He might say a rapper's hairstyle, or you know, I want like I said zigzags, but they're not saying the format of what they want, like a woman. Interesting. She wants just what she wants. So, Lisa, what's been your what's been your experience? I'm gonna say, um, for me, it's both. They run neck and neck. Um, once again, if I have out-of-state women coming from big cities like Atlanta, Philadelphia, they are very particular, very picky, and for whatever the reason, they, they tend to give stylists a hard time. Because once again, they're comparing us with leaving a big city where you have these fabulous runway dues and coming to good old Tucson, Arizona. Um, not taking nothing from us because we all three of us can perform those services but I think they're picky and I do enough men to agree with Deanna with the locks now um, a lot of young men want to look like football players or rappers and and don't even get started with the braids <laughs> but I think they're both Men and women run neck and neck in that situation for me. You're listening to KXCI Community Advisory Board President Veronica Phillips with Rhonda Massengale and Salisa Johnson of Posse Styling Emporium and Deanna Grissett of Melvirus Hair Studio. So what's the difference between locks and braids? A lock is um, something that you can do without doing anything to your hair. As the Rasta say, you just throw your comb away <laughs> and your hair will automatically mat up. Um, the tighter your curl texture, the quicker your hair will lock up. Um, a braid is not a lock. It's something that's uh, manufactured out of three 
uh, twines of your hair. If you leave it in long enough, it will turn into a lock. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the difference, I guess, in beauty shop locks and braids is that a lock is something that's um, maintained. It's a matted piece of hair that's maintained. A braid is something that you twist into the hair that can be loosened and it's not permanent. So, Salisa, you've had locks for how long? I've had my locks now for 14 years. And so how long does it take for you to maintain them? Like when you're doing maintenance on your hair, how long does that take? Or do you have other people do it for you? If I'm lucky, <laughs> my coworker Rhonda Massingale oh. <laughs> will service me. <laughs> if not, then I have to service it myself. But from start to finish, um, it takes longer if we maintain it ourselves, but, um, and it's a regime. Like, a lot of people feel when you have locks, you don't have to do anything, but you must cleanse your scalp. You must make sure you shampoo and condition your hair. You definitely have to thoroughly dry it, or you will have mildew issues. So from start to finish, without a style, just the cleansing, conditioning, and retwisting, not counting dryer time, I would say an hour and a half for maintenance for me, and that's every three weeks. Rhonda, you have relaxed hair, so how long for you does it take for you to maintain it? Not long at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is it 10 minutes? Is no, it 15 minutes? Um, well, I wear a lot of weeds, mm -hmm. but when I wear my hair, I try to roll it at night. If I don't roll it at night, it's a five-minute ponytail, okay. which is not good. <laughs> not good at all. No, we ball headed from the post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes me about 30, if 30 minutes to roll it at night. I okay. just throw some granny curls. And you've had locks, Deanna, for how long? Seven years. Okay. And what made you transform, you know, from, what was it, was it natural before? My hair before was an issue. But that's only because I didn't know what I was doing with it. So I just bounced back and forth from relaxer, thinking that I could get a relaxer and see some length and then get some braids and grow some more length. But that didn't work. It gave me breakage. And uh, to me, it seemed like my hair wasn't growing. But what it was is that it was just breaking off faster than it was growing um, because I didn't know how to take care of it at that time. And um, so because I was always wearing braids and weaves, I figured why not get locks? I've always wanted to see my hair long. The locks gave me what I wanted. And does it take you long to maintain? For, um, as Lisa saying, um, have a regime, does it take long to do it? Um, no, I pretty much moisturize it about once or twice a week and um, I get it retwisted every three to four weeks. And usually after I get it retwisted, I leave it up in a style for about two weeks and just cleanse my scalp. So it doesn't take me too long. Okay. Um, on average, how much money do you believe African-American people invest in their hair care on a weekly basis? What do you think, Salisa? Um, and should on, they invest more? If on on average, um, per week, say if they come to the salon that week and, you know, they get their at-home care products, I would say you can easily spend $150 that week. And there are some areas or some service areas that I think clients should invest more on their at-home hair care, especially with the natural hair care being so popular right now. And we live in a state where our hair is moisture starved. A lot of people should, if they're natural, invest more money into getting at-home 
products. So the $150, would that include just the products or the products and the, and the hair care? That would include products and the hair care. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so without mentioning brand names, Rhonda, if, it, we're gonna, if you're talking about like your clients and stuff like that, what products, types of products do you, would you normally recommend? Um, do we live in Arizona where there's no moisture in the air? You have to have something like creamy, mm -hmm. something with moisture. A lot of people think just greasing their scalp, that that's going to kind of help it, but it's no moisture in it. So you can use grease, but you can add it with something that's creamy. Okay. Well, what about those spray-on conditioners? Are those good for the hair? What, no yeah, what like type a leave-in or, again, something. You said don't mention it. Right. Okay, so something wet. Wet is still moisture, so you can mix that with grease or... Okay, so you the can grease, blend products and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. the grease will keep the oils and the shine and the moisture part, you know, they work together. You get the moisture and you get the oil and you got beautiful hair. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, so um, you had mentioned about, um, Deanna, about getting your clients through the internet, through social media. Is that the only way that you get clients? No, it's not the only way I get clients. Now most of my clients come from word of mouth and then social media is the next one. Um, a lot more people are on the internet and it's uh, less requiring to go out and pass out flyers and whenever I do that I never get many clients from it um, and also working with barbers and stuff around town and going and giving them my coupons I get a lot of clients from that as well. Excellent. And Salisa, how do you get clients? I'm the reverse. Um, I'm on social media but that's not my number one tool. I'm more of a hands-on, want to talk to you face-to-face. -face. Um, I do a lot of promotions. I do a lot of coupons. Um, I still return to the beauty school I graduated from and speak to the students there. And I have also um, do career day for a local high school. So I get a lot of clients through that way and a lot of networking, but I hit the pavement a lot and pass out flyers and business cards and coupons. So. So you're talking about promotions. What's been one of your favorites? One of my favorites, um, and I'm actually running it again right now, is free eyebrow shaping. <laughs> and I say that because um, a lot of women get their hair serviced and it's like when you look at them, they look good, but it's them eyebrows that just set the tone. And for whatever reason, a lot of people of color, we don't tend to think about that. I'm one of them. See, we don't tend to think about that. And that's your focal point. Like, that draws me in, the eyebrows. So I've been running a free, absolutely free, with their coupon, eyebrow shaping. And a lot of my clients are absolutely loving it. Some of them is their first time, and they're really taking advantage of it. What about you, Rhonda? How do you get clients? Uh, mostly word of mouth or if I'm out and I see somebody with a kid or somebody that I think or even women that got their hair done, they have their hair done. I know they like their hair done so I might ask them where they get it done. And plus the salon has been in business for so long <laughs> that we get a lot of call-ins too. 
Well, I was a caller because because yeah. one of the things that I had a problem with when I moved to Tucson was I didn't see any black people. So the first black person I saw, I was like, "Where'd you get your hair done?" Mm -hmm. And that's how I discovered. And so I had called in, and then that's how I met Rhonda. So and a lot of clients referred other people to you. Too. Yes, yes, and I I try to refer the planet to you guys. So okay, cool. Um, let's see. So, do you get clients from University of Arizona? Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the enrollment for African Americans 2012-2013 um, was 3.23%. So, do you get students? You were talking about out-of-towners. Are these out-of-towners students? Or are they people, Salisa, are they people visiting? Or do they consist of University of Arizona students? Um, we get a lot of all three um, out-of-staters that are now relocating here. Being where um, we're located geographically, we do get a lot of U of A students as well as professors. Um, myself, Deanna, and Rhonda have all had the pleasure of participating at the U of A meet and greet where the students come out and a lot of local businesses, churches, what have you, get together and um, let the students know what's in their community and what's to offer. Um, the last one the three of us did, we had a really good time with the students. We gave out a lot of sample product bags, a lot of education, um, even gave them VIP reward type cards. And I can truly say I have watched a lot of my clients from the U of A graduate, move on, come back to visit, some got jobs and stayed here, so I like the U of A kids. <laughs> Excellent. And so, um, Deanna, what is the absolute favorite part of what you do? What do you absolutely love? I love, love, love educating black people about how to take care of their hair um, without having them conform it to make it look straight because that's what we've been uh, brainwashed to believe is how it should look. Um, do I believe that there's anything wrong with natural, I mean relaxed hair? No, I don't. But I feel like um, natural hair and the natural hair movement or NHM as they're calling it now is a reflection of black people and us coming to know ourselves as a whole. Um, and uh, I feel like we're the first or maybe the second generation that has dared to wear our natural hair and I love being a pioneer of that so that is the thing that I absolutely love the most educating black people about their hair because it connects to so many other things. And Rhonda what about you? What is the absolute favorite part of what you do? I love um, making a client feel better about herself and when you tell her how to educate with her hair or you know, we're with everything from face to hair to nails to toes, you know, I don't do nothing. <laughs> but I can let them know, you know, I can educate them like Deanna said. Mm -hmm. I like teaching them how to, no matter what type of hair they wear, how to take care of it. Whether it's you? straight or What about you, Salisa? Um, I guess I'm kind of on the bandwagon with D. Um, being a lock wearer myself, a lot of people look at natural hair like it's a curse and it's actually not. There's so much more diversity that you can mm -hmm. do with natural hair, whether it be wearing it lopped, whether it be 
wearing a natural Angela Davis afro, whether it be just having it twisted and, and rocking your two-strand twist. I get pride and pleasure from seeing someone who's a natural hair wearer, being happy with the skin they're in and their natural hair. That was KXCI Community Advisory Board President Veronica Phillips with Rhonda Massengale and Salisa Johnson of Posse Styling Emporium and Deanna Grissette of Melvira's Hair Studio in honor of Black History Month and Women's History Month. This has been part one of a two-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shogger. You can find this as a podcast at kxci.org.